And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You got a messy is, locker room situation. I don't know if Doc Rivers is the first guy on my list look, that man. I'm going to have come in and handle it. This is the uh, the opening day mailbag extravaganza for the Athletic NBA Show podcast. I believe we're live now. I think we, we are. Kicked, <laughs> we kicked Boy out of practice after uh, after he had his phone in his pocket and he didn't he didn't set this thing live. You can submit questions in the chat. You can submit questions all over social media with the hashtag Ask Dave, and we'll get to them. We'll get to them. We'll have fun. We're gonna have Nate Duncan stopping by, David Aldridge, Marcus Thompson. Uh, we'll take your questions. We'll talk about all the storylines, not just Ben Simmons. And uh, what's the way to put this in his ass hattery of a, of a way to get thrown out of uh, out of Philadelphia and traded out of Philadelphia. Like it's here's the thing. It's so unprofessional. And yet I'm in like I, I just I'm in on the chaos of it all. Well, you, yeah. you said this in the pre-recording before we, we th- when we thought we were live before, before we thought we were live or when we thought we were live. Well, we thought we were live, but we weren't okay. actually live. Yeah. But this is what he should have been doing from day one. Like day this one. is. It, it's it actually pushes everything further uh, the timeline quicker ahead of time now right. now he just lost money in the process of doing it by not showing up and everything that went with it but I, I, i'm just fascinated by this because i really think the, the funny thing is once the season starts 20 games into it 30 games into it i still don't think he'll be traded but teams that thought they were going to be good are going to have realized like oh we kind of suck and then i think that's yeah. where the market will that's- then i think the market will lift pretty quick that's the thing, Trey. This is what kills me. Is right. Uh, I mean, Kings fans, you're not gonna like this, but I'm gonna throw you. I'm gonna throw your team under the bus here, right? The Sacramento Kings are like, I don't know if we want to trade for him, right? And that might be maybe negotiation pro- posturing right there. They haven't made the playoffs since The Departed was in theaters. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> the Departed was in theaters. It has won an Oscar. It has won awards. It has been regarded. It has been dissected. It is all over, I don't know, TNT and AMC and all this stuff, right? It's everywhere for the last 15 years. By the time the Kings have a chance to make the playoffs again, it'll be 16 years that the departed can drive, can drive. It can get its license. And we that rat's don't been dead have, for a decade. It's been dead for a decade. That thing crawling around the, the rooftops of Boston and Trey, like the idea that the Kings are like, I don't know if we want to trade these guys for Ben Simmons. Look, Ben Simmons is going to solve your problems, but he's, he would be the best player on your team immediately. Yeah. I mean, Hey, <laughs> They rather they rather hang on to Fox Halliburton and and Mitchell, you know, like they they've done the coach reset and they believe in their young guys and they just feel like, I mean, at this point, does a person fix it immediately when they arrive? And they don't. And I think that's the thing of like, do you want to inherit the toxicity? Like, you know, I mean, he's already causing problems there. When is he going to be unhappy when he gets to us? Right. I guess I guess for that this i mean more so in the off season right like yeah. in the summer it was like you're the kings like i mean hey the kings feel, listen I, I, I not even the kings i'm sure the orlando magic feel the same way but at the end right, of the day yeah. sorry to 
throw a stray at the Orlando Magic. But I just want to say, at the end of the day, this dude is bad goods. Not saying he's a bad player. Right. But the he's way got he some work to do. He's got but the stink the way, on him. Yeah, but the, he has the stink on him. The way he approaches him, like carries himself as a professional. Because this all right. boils down to professionalism. You have four years on your deal and you're doing this. So do we really want to trade for you to inherit that? Okay, because right. if we have a losing streak, if we don't make the playoffs, how are you going to react? You know, Man. And, that, and that's the thing, because right yeah. now, yes, Sacramento might sound like a lovely place to be traded to, but you don't make the playoffs. You don't make the All-Star team. Your contract changes. Are you still going to be that same player? Are you going to be happy at the, the same person you was at the press does it, conference? Does it matter, though? Because, like, let's say he gets traded to Sacramento. Can't he just next summer just say, ah, I don't want to be here? I would actually love like, it if he did this every summer. Isn't that the <laughs> NBA, right? Like, I, I, I just, you know, right. I, I yeah. think that, yeah, it, it, none of that stuff really matters. Let, like, if he goes to Sacramento, if they keep De'Aaron Fox, I don't know, man, that's still pretty so fun that, So that's the thing. That's the axe. Yeah. That's the axe, though. Yeah. Philly well, I mean, needs a point guard. I don't think there's any way Sacramento is going to give up De'Aaron Fox for him. I, I do have a, I do have no, a, man, a you, good you've got, you've got, you've got plenty of, plenty of time to barely make the play in tournament maybe, and, and still not make the playoffs. So no, yeah. you definitely yeah. can't it's, let go of that. Guys, yeah, you gotta I actually have doing? a good question about Simmons. <laughs> that, th- this will be post trade because he's not okay. going to do this with the 76ers, but the first ask Dave question of the day, how many threes will Ben Simmons shoot in his season debut? Ooh. How many will he shoot? Not make. So he's gonna go to a new so, new place. Mo, so, is it is he gonna take three? Oh, he, he's gonna he's right. gonna shoot three a game right. at the new place right away. Although my other favorite thing is he should have played this cool the whole way, and then on opening night have done nothing else but jack threes and like right. not the, at the three point line, like cross half court Damian Lillard range and start jacking from there to just be like, you guys want me no. to shoot threes? Fine. Here. Look, what it, what did the Wolves do at the end of the 2006-2007 season when they were tanking? They let Mark Madsen shoot seven <laughs> three-pointers in a game. Like that's the way that's the way to to handle this tank job because he is tanking. He is tanking to try to get traded. But let's bring in another expert. We've got Nate Duncan. You know who Nate Duncan is? He's a he's a monster on these podcast waves. Nate, welcome to the opening day mailbag extravaganza. Are you sick of talking about Ben Simmons? No, I don't think so. There's something new every day, right? <laughs> the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> Nate, what's your no, what's your I'm take not, on the I'm latest news today? What, the latest news today, him getting kicked out of practice, him being suspended for a game. I think this is what he should have been doing the whole time and showed up to day one of training camp to try to get himself traded. What's your take on it? Well, I agree with you that he should have been here the whole time, but he's still doing it wrong because he's gone beyond having plausible deniability because – if you're at the point where the team could suspend you, then you're not getting paid. Like step one here is get paid. Step two, get where you want to be. And so we've seen the playbook here. We saw Vince Carter do it for an entire season in 2004 until he got traded. We've seen it with uh, James Harden. Kyrie said, hey, I'm going to get surgery unless you trade me. So those are the things that we, we've seen it with Jimmy Butler. Like that's how you do it. But he's just not really, I think, due to his personality, he's not really capable of executing the playbook. But this isn't the first time he's refused coaching. <laughs> that's true. That's a good, that's a great point. I think so. All yeah. right. If you're trying to get if you're trying to get what you want, right? If you're throwing like a little mini, I don't know if protest is the right word, but like we have Ben Simmons. 
uh, out here, you know, playing possibly practice with his phone in his pocket. He's not showing up. He's not doing defensive drills, whatever. Or you have someone, I don't know, playing pickup football captured by TMZ somewhere in a, in a parking lot somewhere, somewhere in the yard somewhere. Hashtag is not a phone. Hashtag is not a phone. Or, you know, with what Kyrie's doing, like what's the better way to go about, you know, throwing, throwing like, I guess your, your little tantrum and making a, making a statement. Is it Kyrie playing, playing pickup football, which doesn't seem like it would be allowed in the contract in any way. Or is it Ben Simmons refusing to do defensive drills? No, I, I think it's it, to steal another one. Sorry to go outside the frame of the no, question. Let's get as many but, as possible. Uh, James Harden did it perfectly. He shows up uh, on the first game of the season last year, drops 44 against the Blazers, shows the rest of the league like, yes, I can still play. I'm still that guy. And then he became a huge distraction and was terrible the rest of the way. But you just show one time, all right, I'm still capable of doing this. Then you, you, then it's clear once you're playing bad after that, you know, you miss some, some defensive rotations. You take it easy. Uh, you know, maybe you jack a, a few three pointers. Uh, but Ben Simmons is not capable of doing that. He he can't face the fans. It seems like you know that reporting from Ramona Shelburne just uh, on his personality and just the struggles that he has dealing with any kind of conflict, anything that doesn't go his way. And so he, I, I mean, I think. They probably his representation, I would guess, told him to do exactly what I'm saying here, but he couldn't even you know get to the point where they might actually put him in the game to get that fan reaction. You know, he can't even deal with the level of conflict that it takes to get out of the conflict and get traded. There, there was a report that he left practice and went to a strip club, which that's the hardened blueprint, right? Like, I, I think that's he got the message on that part, but not the rest of it. Who among us has not? You know, I'm not going to throw the first stone here. <laughs> That's after every podcast for Mo. Yeah, oh, man. Well, well Zach, with, with your style of pickup basketball, you actually can shoot your shots in the game <laughs> from the pickup. <laughs> I'm, take, I'm taking it from everywhere, everywhere in the vicinity yeah. of that neighborhood. Legs and eggs. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so... So, all right, Dave, do we have any do we have any questions from the audience that we need to tackle here? Yeah. Do you guys want to stick with the, the Simmons stuff? There's let's a lot get, of questions, something new. kind of roughly asking about Simmons value. I actually think that's worth talking about. Oh, OK. About. Yeah, um, actually, let's let's do that. How hard does his value have to fall? Right. For, for them to to pull the trigger on something that doesn't bring back a guy who's like that we would think about as a one, two or three guy. Like, I mean, you know, and Nate, you think about this a lot more than I do. I mean, where is his value now? It seems like it's as low as it's going to be. Like, how is he going to rehabilitate that? And if you're the Sixers, how the hell do you rehabilitate that ever? Yeah, that, I don't know how you rehabilitate it more. It's adding a deer right now. I don't think that anything that's going to happen from here on out is going to particularly change that. Uh, the only way that I thought it could change and, and actually why I said Ben Simmons shouldn't do this is if he comes back and plays well, I don't know that that raises his trade value throughout the league, but it does increase the Sixers' internal leverage to say, all right, we can just wait longer, right? If you have Ben Simmons back and playing well, and yeah, we thought back in the playoffs that no, he can never play another game for them, but where they are right now, yeah, getting the one seed in a second-round playoff exit for now, rather than trading him for something they don't want to trade him for, that actually is kind of palatable, I think, to the Sixers. That gives them the luxury of just kind of waiting. So I do think he's making the right decision in terms of his trade value of not coming back and playing well and really just killing it and giving them the option of kind of holding on to him for longer. 
but I think he's just going too far in the opposite direction now uh, of, you know, to where you can actually give them grounds to uh, suspend him and not pay him again. So uh, his value, though, I just like these teams. It's so hard because they're not a rebuilding team. They want someone back who's good. That's usually not the way that NBA trades work. And so there's you probably only got five or six teams that might be interested in him, even as a general principle. And then you throw in the fact that they're holding out for this huge deal in return, and it becomes very difficult. That's why he's still here, obviously. Um, Trey, let me ask you this in regards to that trade value here. Um, if, if you're Philly and Minnesota, who has been hot after – after Ben Simmons this whole time is now willing to give up a one of their, you know, quote unquote big three. And they just say like, look, we'll give you D'Angelo Russell as a starter for this, for this move. Is that, is that something that you're even interested in? He like, he's a one-time all-star. He kind of barely got in by default. Like, is this, is that enough for you to even start the conversation or is that, is that just not even a starter for you? Absolutely not. I need more. I mean, for, you know, Think about it. Regardless if Simmons doesn't take another three or a jump shot, et cetera, he's still a, a very good basketball player, um, you know, and still effective on the defensive end. So I, I, if it's not Anthony Edwards, we, we, I'm hanging up the yeah, phone right. at this What's point. point right? This yeah, isn't an Ask Dave question. This is a Dave Ask question. Does Colin Sexton move the needle at all for you guys if you're Philly? I mean, they, they didn't come to an extension. I like Colin Sexton. He can score off the dribble. I, I, no, I mean, so, so, so can I, Shake I, Milton, I, I just, right? I, like, sure. I, know, I know he's yeah. considerably better than Shake Milton, but like yeah. he's like, I, man. And I'm not, I don't mean straight up. Like, obviously, right. Cavs have to give up a lot more. But like, if there's a package that starts with Colin Sexton, I don't know. I mean, they don't really have anybody. Cle- Cleveland doesn't have a lot of talent to add to it. Uh, maybe the. Dump a Ooh, bunch of draft Kevin picks Love gets or something. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Love <laughs> from Cap Filler, there, you know. Yeah, let's get, let's I mean, get that on the boards. I, I just, I don't know. It's such a because Simmons is such a unique player. Yeah. I do think teams are going to be hesitant to just say, "All right, well, that guy's got talent. Let's bring him in and figure it out." And, and like you guys all said, like with his value being so low, I don't know. It's going to be a weird year. Well, we Sexton, always think good, yeah, but he, but Mo, like, it needs to be way more than sex. Yeah, it, it needs to be, but also we always think somebody's trade value is either very high or very low. It's all it takes is one team to really believe this is what we need to do, and and things like that. And it's, you know, to to your point, Nate, you know, we're also looking at it going like, what if Ben they have Ben Simmons not play games and they start out hot anyways, you know, and they go seven and two the first, or sorry, seven and. Uh, Eight and two. Sorry, math not my strong suit today. Seven, uh, eight eight, and if two. they go seven, eight and two to start out, yes. If they that's go seven, phenomenal, eight and two, amazing. Right? Yeah. But if they go eight and two to you know first ten games, go you know sixteen and four the first twenty. Like without Ben Simmons at that point, they're also like we don't need to rush to make a trade. We can wait for the right trade to come along. And with more teams playing games, somebody's going to look at somebody's going to look at themselves and go like we are not nearly as good as we thought we who knows what it is maybe dame gets pissed in portland maybe it's you know somebody else we don't even know about who just gets frustrated and says i'm out and that opens the opportunity for them but once the games begin everything will change and trade value will then begin to get reshuffled but we never truly know a dude's trade value until the trade happens this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com 
slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Drew Holiday. So, b- before we uh, before we leave Ben Simmons, uh, a throwback to earlier times. <laughs> raise the better cat. Times. We're going to raise the cat. There, there it go. is. There <laughs> it is. Uh, I got a, I got another Ask Dave question, guys. And, and this is going to, uh, I mean, this is going to be great. Um, would you guys rather have Julius Randle on a max or DeAndre Ayton on a max? You want me to start this one? Yeah, yes. Go yes. So... Love Julius Randle. Love what he's doing in New York. But I'm paying DeAndre Ayton. He should have been paid. I don't know what's the holdup. Sarver. I do. Right Robert Sarver. That's the holdup. Look, he can miss another 25 games. I'm paying him. He should have He should have been the first one paid. Shout out to Landry Shamit. Shout out to Chris Paul. All that's nice. Come on. You got to lock up your two young guys. You know, I was listening to Nate uh, and Danny talk about this uh, on Dunked On. And I... Nate, I see your point about if he wasn't the number one pick, maybe we all don't think he's a, a max extension guy. But that is like kind of the world we live in and, and the, the market dynamics of the NBA sort of make it so that he is just functionally. Do you think that they're taking too big of a risk here by floating this to next summer? No, not at all. I would have handled it the same way, actually. I realize that's a minority opinion. Trading for Clint Capella? people. <laughs> which Clint Capella is good, but I, I thought that, no, it was a good point that you made. Like what Capella did, I mean, I think was more impressive than what Aiton did last year. Yeah. For context here, we were talking about Clint Capella's 2018 playoffs where he outplayed Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert in back-to-back series. And he ended up not getting as much as DeAndre Aiton. Now Clint Capella was a number 25 overall pick and DeAndre Aiton is a number one overall pick and he's who the franchise has in theory been building around. But here's the question that I have to say is, you know, it seems to me like most of the Aiden arguments are based on, well, he's done exactly what we need him to do. We're trying to win a championship this year. We need to keep the chemistry going. We got to prove that Robert Sarver isn't cheap. And to me, you got to just focus more on what his production is on the floor. And also, if you're trying to build a long-term contender, because Chris Paul is not going to be here all the time, right? So right. what does your team look like with Devin Booker probably on a Supermax, DeAndre Ayton on a max, Mikhail Bridges making over $20 million a year? I don't see DeAndre Ayton as the number two player on a great team. I know he had a great playoffs last year, but when you that was as a number three guy maybe even a number four guy behind Bridges in some matchups. So you're not going to throw the ball to DeAndre Ayton to score, right? Like you're not going to run offense through him. He's a dependent offensive player. So he finishes very efficiently. That's good. He's a solid offensive center, but I don't think you're going to ever run offense through him. That's what you need for your second best player if he's being paid that way. And then I don't see him as you know a defensive player of the year type of guy either. I think he can be a solid defensive player. He's very good if you're going up against a post-up center, not as much, I think, if you're going up against a great pick-and-roll team. So is that player – that player is not a no-brainer, Max, to me. And then also you have to consider 
that he only had you know three good series in the playoffs. If you look at his regular season last year, it wasn't worthy of a max. So I would be conservative as the organization. You have restricted free agency. You can always pay him a max. Also, you can pay him a max that's not a designated player extension because if you do that with Booker and Aiton, this is what James Jones talked about with you guys, Sam Amick today. If you do that, then you can't trade for another guy who's on that type of contract. So just wait until restricted free agency. The worst yeah. that's going to happen is you get him on a, a a three plus one instead of a five year, and I, I'm okay with that for a guy who hasn't proven that he has superstar upside to me. This is my this is my issue with that is that from a production standpoint and what he's worth and everything, I think you're I think you're spot on. My concern is now you've Gordon Hayward this situation right now. It's not about keeping him next summer. You're going to keep him next summer. You can match whatever. He's going to get a max offer sheet if you don't even come to an agreement on one in the summer. So he's going to get that, and you're going you're gonna to be there and match it. My issue is, what do you do after that, right? And maybe that's thinking too long-term, but if I'm Aiton, like, I think that, that hurts the relationship with the organization long-term. So it's about getting him after that second contract to come well, back well, and keep, to be a part of that. Keep this in mind, too, uh, Zach, is that Gordon Hayward, the Jazz still wouldn't give him the max even that next offseason. He had he had to go out and get a sheet. They weren't going to give him the max even at that time, right? If For Aiton sure. really blows up, they can offer him a maximum qualifying offer, which is a five-year max contract. Once that's out there, clearly any team knows that they will match an offer sheet. So why is another team going to tie up all their cap space for eight days when free agency is over in two days to give him that offer sheet? So... And then he probably just signs that maximum qualifying offer. So you still get him for five years. And yeah, you know what? Maybe there's a little little hard feelings. Uh, but I'm to me, you have that option where if he really does blow up, you can offer him the max. Now, does it get ugly maybe if he has kind of a crappy year and then another team tries to go in and poach him? Yeah, but if he has a crappy year, then you're probably glad that you didn't offer him a five-year max anyway. But here's, here's my one push to all that, though, Nate, is you mentioned it. You have a small window with Chris Paul now. Right. And you're trying to this is your goal. You're trying to make the push for a championship this year. And I get you production, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you also want your guys happy and feeling like they're ready to roll. Now you have a guy coming in, DeAndre Ayton, who's now going to feel a little bit undervalued. I mean, they gave Landry Shamit an extension before he even played a game for them. You know, I I understand that. No, no, no. But I'm saying like that aspect of that. That aspect of how that kind of trickles down. This is your run to make to make a run at a championship right now. And let's just be honest: if if they were to win a championship, you know, and and they had given him the max, it paid for itself right then and there. You know, it's it's you're you're planning ahead, and the moves you're talking about are all smart. But looking at it for right now for this season, you just created unnecessary drama in your locker room. If ultimately at the end of the season, the most likelihood is you're going to match a qualifying offer at the max anyways like now you just put yourself a situation where chris paul's going to be a year older he's still paying him a crap ton of money you know and now you've created an instance where monty williams has to clean up and make sure the chemistry is proper it's all of that stuff plays into effect and he's a kid so of course this is going to piss him off yeah well you could argue that that's going to just make him play better too that he's still, he's only it might, it might, now. It might be a John Collins situation I, I think he's going to be like better. i'm not saying that that I doesn't definitely matter see john collins situation Right, exactly. That, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, DeJon Collins is in the same situation, and, and he played really well, and then he ended up getting paid. So, I mean, like, th- this idea it's, that it, just because one guy didn't get paid, you know, Chris Paul was in the last year of his deal. Last, like, people are in the last year of their deal all the time. That the, This idea that, like, 
he's somehow special, so he, he has to get paid. There have been a million guys who have Spurs gotten it's, 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 like it's not that it's not that he's special, but also Chris Paul's a thirty thousand year vet at this point. You know, it's it's this is a guy on a rookie extension years. who's thinking that way. I told you, Zach, math not my thing. That's this is one of those things where your goal again is you don't know how many more years you got out of Chris Paul at a high level. He might drop off this year. And that contract might look terrible and all of that stuff. But you're trying to make a run back to the finals. And he's a key part to it. At the end of the day, like maybe the production, the numbers didn't show it that way. But he was an important piece for them to get to the finals. And they fell apart really in the finals because they had a lack of depth at center. You know, when Dario Saric goes down and you suck, it's a problem for you. You had problems at the center position to begin with. So I think, you know, it's. It's something that it can come back to him. You guys are right. It could be a John Collins situation, and he could come out gangbusters. It's 50-50. We don't know until we see the season begins. None of you guys worried about Chris Paul being able to do this thing again, to, to do what he did last year, and oh, how that's well, going to affect what? them. And You I'd know what I mean? I'd like actually like to bring in a Hall of Famer now to, there we go. to discuss this. What? We'll bring in David Aldridge, the Hall what? of Famer. Not every day we're joined by a Hall of Famer. So, D.A., I want to I ask you this in, in kind of relation to what Dave was just asking. There's always a honeymoon phase with Chris Paul and whatever team he's on. And we might have just had it in Phoenix. I don't know that he's going to annoy his teammates to the point where now all that kumbaya stuff doesn't work anymore. But we've seen it everywhere except OKC because they traded him after a year. So do you think that that is a possibility here or, or should the Suns team be young enough to where that doesn't matter? Well, it's always a possibility, I think. But, you know, Chris, he has a, a whole card that I don't think anybody can really speak to in Phoenix right now, which is where where exactly were y'all before I got here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what were y'all doing before I showed up? You know, y'all were winning 25 games. That's what y'all were doing. So, so, you, so they really can't say anything when he says that. I, I think that gives him some cachet that maybe he didn't have an OKC, maybe he didn't have in New Orleans, he didn't have in Houston, um, that they're going to have to listen to him um, more so than maybe they would normally and put up with his his ways that can be grading, to be sure, but also are pretty damn effective. I mean, at the end of the day, his teams play way better when he's there than they did before. That's, right. just, that's facts, you know, so. DA, can I ask you a question? Did you hear our conversation before this on – I did on DeAndre Ayton right. and you know, whether this is going to mess up the locker room and the teams yeah. that do not have an extension. You're you've been in more locker rooms probably than, than any of us. I, I was really curious to see what your thought is I mean, on I, whether this is going to mess up their chemistry for the year. Uh, you know, maybe a little, but I, I, I don't think it's like, it's not like death to the franchise and their championship hopes. Um, you all mentioned John Collins. It's a good comp. I mean, they, they said, play it out, make us, make us pay you. And he did. Um, uh, I, the only thing I would say with regard to whether he deserves it or not, you know, we deserve lift the station a long time ago. And he deserves the stats. Andrew the, Wiggins has no idea what you're exactly. talking about. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, so, the wire or unforgiven. Take your pick. Yeah, <laughs> you know, got no, deserve got nothing to do with it. Right. So, so I would say it's, it's to me, it's analogous to baseball and the arbitrary arbitration years that guys get. You're basically, teams get over by paying guys below their market value during their most productive years, right? <laughs> so Aiton's 23 years old. So if I'm the Suns, I would look at it as 
are we overpaying for the production we're getting from age 23 to 28? Yeah, probably. But we're buying age 23 to 28. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? So, so it's, it's uh, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I probably would have offered it. I can understand why they didn't. But I probably would have done it just to get it off my plate. Um, you mentioned a three, three and one. That makes sense, obviously, if for no other reason. The TV money will kick in in 25 and he can cash in then. You maybe you sell it to him that way. Say, hey, look, this will right. be better for you to be a free agent at age 27, um, 26, 27 was an opportunity to get, uh, you know, a seven year max deal or whatever. You know, so, OK, there's ways of different ways of doing it. I probably would have done it, but I can understand why they said we can't get locked into two max deals. I, I, that makes sense from their standpoint. But anyway, it's foolish a little bit to me, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I don't get their logic. Okay. Da, do we think that that was a well? We got it. We can't get locked into two max deals, or is that Robert Sarver saying I can't get locked into two max deals? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, that's always kind of you know. We can all we, you, you can always say that, right? Because that's right. his reputation, and we can always fall back on that. And he's not going to. There's not a. There's not a legion of Robert Sarver fans. We're going to challenge that, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't think. To me, I wouldn't say it's necessarily it's because he's cheap. I think they're just looking at it from a standpoint of it's he's just not at this point worth a, a, a max deal of that magnitude. And again, whether you agree with that or not, I understand the logic. I probably would have done it anyway, just right. to, like I said, get it off my table. All right, guys, we've got another Ask Dave question. And, and look, I, I don't really care so much about the coach of the year part of this, but I do want to talk about Jason Kidd. Uh, does Jason Kidd have a coach of the year argument if he just doesn't screw up everything for the Mavericks, right? Like screw, screw the, up a, a first round and out for the, the Mavericks. Bar's screw so up, low. Yeah, right. The bar is so low. <laughs> if they just make the playoffs, if they lose in the first round to the Clippers, is Kidd the coach of the year? Absolutely not. Like no, you gotta absolutely they, not. they're gonna have to be better. No. Well, I think Luca if, might do that on his own, right? Trey, I think if I, I think if they can get Luca and and Chris Stapps to like hang out one night, I think that's coach of the year worth. <laughs> right oh, like man. I just think nah. that's if you can get that one no. night. We already caught him in the bowling shirt. It's no way. <laughs> that disqualified him enough right there, man. But I honestly I think that maybe Jason does a good job with Luca and kind of understands as far as I think point guards relate with point guards in that situation, even though Luca's a different case. Um, but I, I don't see it. I mean, I think this is, and you know, always coach of the year. I feel like it's always the, my bad, my bad award. They always yeah. give it to the coach that should have got it the year before. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't see him getting it this year at all. Congrats to Monte Williams on the 2020. There you go. Look, the coach of the year question aside, I do think that it is an interesting thing that, that the bar is set so low for Jason Kidd. Right. And then he got he just got hired. I mean, he's replacing probably a top five coach in the league. And this is a team that uh, a lot of people have mentioned. They felt like they could have won the West last year. Like if they didn't run into the Clippers. Maybe they could make a playoff run. Um, Maybe this year. Right. Like it feels so open. People are out of their minds. You could have won the West. I know. I watched all their games and I. I didn't get that it, was, but that's a solid team. But man, that's a, on. I really love Luca and feel like he can just control every aspect of the game. I'm not there yet with him, but I do think that this team, like it, it they can't take a step back. 
Like they should, I mean, they definitely shouldn't want to, but they're just not in a position to do it. Like they need to be better this year. Like they have to be, it was a weird change to me. But they yeah. didn't make any upgrades. Like that's the thing right. too. Like the, the one thing I liked was they brought in Reggie Bullock in, and, 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 and that was a nice addition, but really they need another pl- playmaker. They need Christoph Porzingis to play like he was when he was with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary proposition. We haven't seen that Porzingis since he was with the Knicks. Like they're, you know, he's always kind of getting banged up and things like that. And, you know, Trey, Jason Kidd's going to be able to teach Luca something. I don't know what he needs to teach Luca at this point as a, at the point guard position. The roster itself is what needs to be leadership? fixed and changed. You Wait, know, leader, leadership though. Like the production's fantastic, but yeah, you're telling me Luca's a, a I'll, give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Like I'll give you that. Yeah, that's like fair, that, and that's going to come with experience. Um, Da, I'm I'm curious with. With kid, like when he got hired, everyone's like, "What are you doing? This is a, mm-hmm. he was a horrible coach in Milwaukee and everything." We don't generally give coaches the luxury of maybe they got better as a coach, maybe they learned something, right? I think mm-hmm. we tried that with Tom Thibodeau for a minute. We, oh no, he didn't. Like he just needs the right <laughs> group of guys to buy in, which he had with New York as opposed to Minnesota, and and there we go. But um, but I'm like, do you think there is a chance Jason Kidd has evolved as a coach and that helps him in this situation, or is he he is what he is? I, I mean, people. Yeah, I mean, he could have evolved. Sure, I mean, he could have. He's been with different people since his since Milwaukee. I mean, he was with Vogel in L.A., and I'm sure that you know, and a good group of coaches, assistant coaches out there. Um, but I think you are what you are. I don't think mm-hmm. Pat Riley fundamentally changed from his Miami days, from his L.A. days. You know what I mean? Like he's right. He believes in what he believes in. He, you know, philosophically, this is what he's going to do. Now, does he run the guys a little less hard than he did back in the day? Yeah, probably. You know, um, maybe Jason won't accidentally, quote unquote, spill a coke on the floor now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> best coaching move I've ever seen. You it's know, the best maybe, coaching move. Maybe he won't do that. But um, you know, I yeah. I mean, to me, it's like I think you're right. It's not. I don't know that he can teach Luca a whole lot about the game. And it's a different game now, obviously. And the issue is, you know, I know everybody looked at their front office and it was a mess and it was a mess. And Luca didn't get along with Carlisle, so Carlisle had to go. At some point, you know, people got to start asking harder questions about Luca too now. You know, mm-hmm. now, you know, it's not always everybody else's fault. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you don't cater to your best player. Of course you do. But at some point, Luca's got to start taking a little bit more ownership of what he does and doesn't do and what he needs to get better at on the floor as well, as opposed to, well, Jason Kidd's, if Jason Kidd doesn't get this team to the conference finals, he's failed. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of a, that's kind of a straw man argument to me. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 I don't think this team should have conference finals expectations. Yeah. Um, But if Luca takes a leap, like they, they certainly could could be better than last year. A lot of their stuff was shooting too, right? Those guys first half of the season could not hit at a wide open catch and shoot shot to save their lives. Yeah. They were they shooting. Also, it was also a lot, a lot of COVID, right? Like a yeah, lot exactly. of health. You know, what I, see, you know what I see though? Similar though, hmm. same situation with Dame. Who do these players make better? Right. They get the individual right. stats, mm-hmm. and yep. you know, like that's not knocking. These guys are going to be Hall of Famers, but are they making the guys around them better? Yeah. You know, because you look down the line, you say, okay, first round exit, Luca averaged 33 or he averaged 29 or whatever great numbers you want to go off of. But did he make anyone better to elevate his teammates? And when you're playing for self, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Got another ask Dave. We need a chime for this, Jade. 
I need to work that up. Uh, as a Warriors we're, fan, we're lucky who we're was, live right now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I've had two power outages so far today, so let's see if I can make it through this question. Uh, as a Warriors fan who was pessimistic last year going in, am I wrong to think we're definitely a better team, even with no clay? And Nate, are you on the Jordan Poole bandwagon? Are you in the pool? Yeah, and I was one who was like, man, he was one of the worst players in the NBA as a rookie, even the first half of last year. But this deep shooting is huge. You know, getting a second shooter and creator alongside Steph in the meantime before Clay comes back, someone who can give them a focal point on the second unit where they've always struggled mightily. So that's a big part of why I'm higher on them. Like this deep shooting that he's taking is really impressive to give them another guy with gravity coming off of screens that sets up their screening and cutting and passing game. And then also, I think compared to all of last year, where he's saying they're a better team. Uh, Mr. Wilkes is saying that. Well, I agree with him, particularly because last year there was a lot of James Wiseman. There was a lot of Kelly Oubre. There was a lot of Brad Wanamaker in the first half. And so they're just a deeper team this year and a deeper team of guys that are going to play the way that Steve Kerr wants them to play with just overall basketball intelligence and running their system. I don't think they'll be quite as good defensively because I think Bielitsa and Porter and Poole are a little worse on that end. But they still got Draymond. They still got Looney. They got Iguodala. They got Andrew Wiggins. They should still be able to be decent defensively. But I think this is looking like a team that can be one of the best offenses, even without Clay Thompson. And then when he comes back, he'll add an important element. I don't think he's going to be an elite defensive or offensive player, but I still think he can be above average on both ends and give them another guy as well. So, yeah, I am pretty optimistic on the Warriors. They've looked great in preseason. I bumped my win projection for them up by a couple of games, seeing them in preseason and how this is all working together. So I'm uh, quite optimistic uh, on the Warriors relative to where I would have been maybe at the end of last season. Yeah, I, I still think like, and we talked about this on on Buds yesterday, but I still think the expectations on Clay Thompson are insane. Yes. To come back and what I just said, you think that's that's no no no, 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 no. I'm not saying what you in, said, no, but not generally what you said. The, the individual yeah. expectations on Clay Thompson to come back and be Clay Thompson when he hasn't played basketball for two and a half years. Wait, when you see a Kevin Durant. And you see guys respond certain ways. Obviously, sure, but Achilles was a little tough. And and the thing is, the the reason, and I agree with with Nate on this situation that he's not going to be super elite, but he's going to be a little bit because he can shoot. Sure. And I feel yeah. like those guys that still can fill it up from the outside um, can still contribute at a high rate. And they they don't really use him to a situation of like over slashing and things of that nature, but just kind of catch and shoot things. I think he'll still thrive in that. I agree. I just, to me, I think we should be expecting more of like Duncan Robinson in the first couple of months back than Clay mm -hmm. Thompson return. Like, I don't know that you can, because you're right. KD Maybe even less back. than that, though, because yeah, the movement. Yeah, KD came back and he was great, but he didn't have a torn ACL into a torn Achilles and two and a half years off, right? Like, that's that's my concern, Nate, is is that this is a huge layoff for him. And, and John Wall had, I guess, similar injuries timeline and granted they're very different players but john wall came back and he was very up and down until he was just kind of down and with clay it's going to look better than that but i just don't think we can expect clay to be fine by june nate that was 
Oh, oh you you're waiting yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, I just talked for a while. There's double yeah, Dutch. That was double that Dutch. Dutch. That was the sound in Philly's locker room when they said, "Oh, Simmons will be back tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you, Zach. And what people forget about KD too was he didn't actually debut until 18 months after the torn Achilles, right? As well, and he got himself into unbelievable shape. He looked probably in the best shape he's been in since when he, his thunder days i thought coming back so and also worth noting that he only played what 30 games 35 games last year during the regular season even though he did look awesome so yeah i i do expect it to be a bumpy road but i think ultimately the biggest thing that he's not gonna be able to do that he used to is guard point guards yep. i think he's just gonna really be more of a three defensively now yeah. uh but this is one thing that you do know they ain't leaving clay thompson I, I don't no, care if he misses his first hundred threes. They're, they're still going to guard leg. He's, They're not leaving. They're not leaving Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll be very curious to see. I mean, I think Porter was a great pickup for them. Otto mm-hmm. is just perfect for what they do. And to your point, he can guard ones. Not all. Not for forty-eight minutes, but he can guard them long enough. Um, and so I, you know, to me, it's like is is a is a Clay at the three pool at the two auto at the four lineup tenable. I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm just that could be a very interesting lineup to me with Draymond at the five, you know, or whoever they decide to play at the five for for certain stretches. I, I think it could be I think that could be very interesting. But it is the question about Clay. And I, I suspect he's on a pitch count anyway. Right. For the first half of the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he should be able to, I think come back and at least offensively resemble the yeah. play of old i would think so well I, I anything they get from clay this season is just a bonus because you really don't know what it's going to look yeah. like you guys right. nate right. touched on it with how little kd actually played and that's the thing when you come back from your achilles injury you know you, i saw it firsthand with chauncey Billups when i was with the clippers you have several other small nagging injuries that come along the way because your body's trying to figure out how to operate yeah. you know after that injury because it's different you're never the same in that instance so a strained hamstring a, a sore knee or you're overcompensating with your other leg and things like that so really like clay is going to be a work in pro- uh, progress all year like there's no real uh guarantee we can say anything other than and nate's right again if he's in the corner ain't nobody leaving him he's yeah. still going to be able to get that shot off but he's not right. going to be running off screens as well as he used to like i can see that being something that takes a while to come back and everything that goes do it. And that's why Jordan Poole is going to be so important for them, especially like in the second unit, kind of playing the role that Clay used to play with the second unit and having Clay out there kind of being the continue to stretch the floor sort of guy for them, for the Warriors once he does come back. I think they're going to do some, be able to do some interesting stuff with Clay, like hitting trail threes. I mean, you, you know, like transition stuff. I mean, straight line, it, I don't expect it to be much of a problem for him. It is going to be the coming off screens, right? Any like, play where Steph doesn't have the ball, I'm out on. I just want Steph to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you guys know, man, the only, like, the best offense that you could ever possibly create is Steph Curry shooting the ball 100 times. And, and I don't care. You can put five guys on him. You could put 10. Change the rules of basketball. It doesn't matter. Steph Curry taking 100 shots a game is the only offense that I actually care about. Like, we do got, that, please. We got to say goodbye to Nate Duncan. Make sure you check out the Dunked On podcast. Make sure you check out the Patreon. Uh, we got the NBA cast, League Pass, tomorrow for Wolves Houston. Oh, my. I know Dave DeFore is going to be locked oh, in. Hey, he's yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, I hope Anthony Edwards has uh, shoots, and, and this is the only game I want him to shoot poorly, but just because Nate is calling it. 
Wow. I wanted to shoot like five of fifteen, but have a really sweet dunk. <laughs> no, honestly, like that guy got so much better over the course of last season. I, I, I'm glad that he did, but I will give Nate Duncan credit for being the inspiration behind Anthony. Are Edwards you turning, turning into the Skip Bayless to Anthony Edwards, LeBron James? Don't put that on Nate because he he also praised him, right? He didn't just sit shit on him. Everybody took that the wrong way, but I love that so much. And I think about Nate. All the time when it comes to Anthony Edwards. That's weird. But that, Nate, thank no, you so much no, for, for joining us today. Yeah, I, I hope for your sake, Davey, he's not that good then because nah. I don't want you to have to think about me that often. I need yeah, him to be really good. good. I think about you all the time, Nate. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Thanks, uh, let's take more questions. Yeah, all right. Before right, I guys. sent you a question on Twitter, did you see oh, it? I don't know if you saw oh, it. Oh, I didn't see it. I, go, to, go to your Twitter. I, somebody Uh-oh. sent it to me for some reason, so you can run that. Well, you are me. also, well, no, you're David, I, not Dave. Well, see, very specifically. Dave. Call me Dave. It's fine. No. Um, <laughs> all right, where is that? I actually don't see it. You can ask. I sent it. I DM'd it to still, you. Oh, still ask Dave. Okay. Well, I, you want me to ask go. it? Yeah. Okay, I mean, we'll throw it in the DM. Here we all go. Right, this is from, from Books 31. There you go. What do you think happens to Thad Young and the Spurs staying for the year of being traded? And what do you think a realistic trade package would be if the Spurs did trade that? Is that oh, Thad Young? We asked that before Nate left. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes, Thad Young. I, mean, I thought that was Thad Young right there asking the question. So Thad Young's contract situation is what? Is he on an expiring? I think he's, he's probably on I mean, maybe he's right? a buyout guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all don't expect the Spurs to be, I mean, maybe they're in the play-in mix because yeah. it's pop and it's the Spurs and they've got some magic. But. I, I think I think they might be in the play mix because the competition is the Wolves and the Kings and whatever, <laughs> whenever, whenever Zion doesn't play for the Pelicans. Right, I think right, that's right. more. Yeah, they're going to be a good tent in the West for sure. Yeah, Guys, I actually like, have yeah. a pretty good Zion question. And, and it's, I mean, you know, it's it's a little tricky because we start getting into some of the, the body stuff with him. But um, basically ask if, if how we feel about his professionalism as it pertains to his conditioning because i do think that that's a relevant point of discussion here like i mean he's a professional athlete i mean and it's a body business if i lived in new orleans we'd be calling him big tray food is really good you know but no dave I think, he's doing, I think he's doing his best honestly um similar to clay situation when you're having injuries and we've been watching him since high school well at duke get certain injuries into his rookie year and to now where we're at. Um, I think he's trying his best, man. It's just kind of, you know, that that's what it is. And I think he's going to play. I, I do believe he's going to play 10 years or more, but I think that it's going to be kind of on those things, how we used to weigh um, Joel and B. Like, is he going to? Oh, yeah. we, lost, oh, we lost Trey. Uh-oh. Zion cut in the cord. Zion yeah, got, in the cord. CAA. CAA getting in here. There's working in there. Shut that um, down. Yeah, I mean, DA, like, I, on this regard with um, with Zion, like, look, he, he is a professional athlete, right? Your body yeah. is your business, and you do need to be in, be in better shape. He's also 21 years old. Like, at a certain point, you, ha- you can't, you know, handle him with kid gloves. But, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't expect... 21 year olds to necessarily be the master of like everything that goes in their body. And, and I, right. I don't know if maybe that's just, you know, absolving him of, of being overweight. I yeah. also don't know what it's kind of shape he was game. in when he broke his foot. Right. Like right. he looks right. big now, but like he broke his foot. Like, but I don't you know, know what, uh, what he I'll looked say, like before. I'll say this, um, you know, 
one of the questions that some people around the league had, and it wasn't everybody, but there were people around the league before that draft that said, big man, big torque could mm-hmm. be big problems. Mm-hmm. And the question wasn't that, the, the the issue wasn't can he play, the issue is how long can he play mm-hmm. with that body type and, and the way that he plays. And the whole thing was lower body injuries are going to be a problem for him. And what's been a problem for him the first three years of the league? <laughs> the lower, lower body, body injuries. Right. So it's so whether he, you know, sure, could it would it help him if he lost twenty pounds? Sure, it would help him. I don't know how much it will help him though, just because of the way he plays and his body type. It just there was just. Uh, there was a number of GMs that I was talking to before the draft that had that concern. Now they all said the same thing, which is if I had the first pick, I'd take them too. You know, but right, right, right. I, um, you know, there were concerns about that. And he's been amazing when he's been on the court. Yeah, that's he's the, that's the other thing. Is like you can't you can't knock the, the offense. <laughs> no right? one has ever had the second season of the NBA that he's had. Yeah, twenty seven yeah. points yeah. a game on sixty percent shooting. And Mo, yeah. that's the thing with him. I think that's why we're so concerned is because when you see him on the court. Holy shit, look at what he does. Like he's so good. Right. And that's why it's so important to get him on the court. That's the whole value of it. It's I'm I'm with you, Zach, on the professionalism. Also, he's 21 years old, all of those things. We saw Julius Randall's comments were like on trips to New Orleans on road trips, they would gain, you know, just a couple of pounds from all the food they've eaten. So I and, and listen, not just the from, food though. We've all been in New Orleans. We know what else well, is going on there. Yeah. Well, let me just put it to you this way. Like when I was with the Clippers, the post-game spread we would have was yeah. amazing. And it was Steeple literally loyal. like... And those were the Sterling days. So <laughs> No, but like you could just see like our strength and conditioning coach would walk in and see the post-game spread and he would just slump down so sad because yeah. he just knew everybody's eating this. And, yeah. then, you know, and, and, and that's after being there for two days. So right, right. <laughs> on top right. of that, and we, you know, so it's with, with Zion, I think the important stuff is, you know, especially because you're living there, you know, and Randall's Julius Randall said it like he had to go get a, pr- a private chef like he had to go make those kind of put that emphasis on like, I got to be really careful here. And that's after being in the league for a few years for Zion kind of just coming in. And you know how it is when you're 19, 20 years old, you can eat anything and burn it off. So yeah. I think that was kind of the thought process with him. And now with just the injuries have made it so hard because it's not a, like a broken hand. You know, if you have a broken hand, all right, you can at least jog on the treadmill or something. Now it's it's your foot. You just got to sit. Can't do it. I mean, the, the diet is obviously an, is, an issue, right? I mean, it, that's the, they got to clean that up. But Zach, you're right. He's 21. Yeah, he's not. He's literally not even into his full like grown body. He's gonna get bigger. He's maybe. By the oh way, we got to turn this Anthony Edwards two inch bump into like. He, four inches. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, saying not, I'm, I'm so sick. I'm sick of this stuff. We get one player that we just like, he grew two inches every yes. single year. Like, he, put on like seven, he added 17 pounds of muscle. Right. Great, 17 right, pounds right. of muscle. Like, I'm, not, I'm is, not buying it. Send me a tape measure. I want real measurements. I'm not buying anymore. <laughs> we we got to have the athletic, what are we doing? The athletic yeah. NBA show combined. So we exactly. know what everybody weighs. I don't want to exactly. guess. I don't want to guess if LeBron is 290 pounds. I want to know. Right. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out, birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids and 
honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, all right, another Ask Dave. Here we go. If the Bulls underperform, which panic moves do you see them making at the deadline? Of course, they just got Lonzo. They just got Alex Caruso. They just got DeMar DeRozan. Traded for Vucevic last year. Got Levine out there. Um, mm. I don't. I don't know that they'll make a panic. Here. I don't like, know. I, you, what is underperforming there? Let's start I, there. Yeah, I don't know that you panic b- before this deadline, right? right? Maybe by the next deadline you panic, but but Trey with with the Bulls, like, yeah, I don't know what underperformance. Like, if they're not in the top ten at the trade deadline, then yeah, you're like, what the hell? Like, this team is supposed to be way above that at this point with the moves they made. So Trey, maybe that's the concern, but I don't know that. I don't know that there's like a three months from now they're going shit. I don't know what we do here. Like yeah, we got to make a move. I don't think the Bulls have ever management has ever came out and said the expectations or playoffs or busts or anything. Obviously, playoffs is the main goal, but I think it's the fans' expectation. You know, with this roster and how it's made up and how they looked in preseason, they see them as a fifth seed or or higher, and that's that's the mentality that they're taking into it. But I think they're just taking one thing at a at a, at a time, you know, and still trying to get these guys to to figure things out. You know what I mean? You've, you've got, you got your star player happy. You've, you've brought in DeMar DeRozan. You got, you made the move for Vucevic. And then obviously Alex Caruso. And I mean, you can go down the line on the direction that they're going clearly to clean house of what Garpax did. So in this situation, I don't think that they panic immediately. Like you said, I think in the, in the next, the next year they would be looking into like, okay, how do we improve and we learn from this and what didn't work? And guys truly just have to be unhappy. I mean, obviously Zach Levine has changed agency. You know, he has Rich Wall now and he comes in and say, Oh, I just went out now. Yeah. Now that's a different story. Yeah. But is he gonna he hold happy. out now? Is that is that we got we gotta content? I want everybody to hold out when we get to this this situation. Uh, DA, what, DA, what do you think about the, the Bulls? Like I, I oh. think when you give up as many draft picks as they did to acquire this roster, like it ha- it can't just be, hey, we made the play in tournament, we're good now. Like, no, you gotta make the playoffs. But I right. also I, I think our tourist Carnosovis has 
a clear vision here and and a plan. And I don't I don't think he's the type to to panic by this deadline. Yeah, um, you know, I thought they had a great offseason. They were in my top five in terms of offseason moves. Um, you know, I, again, I think when it's a market like Chicago, you, you can't, you know, do half measures and you can't have like a seven year plan. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like you've got to you've got to have you got to try to make the playoffs as quickly as possible. And if that costs you a couple of second round picks down the road or a future first, so be it. If you think Derelson's got some juice left. You go get them. Um, so I like what they did. I, I think they have a chance to be really switchy and kind of interesting um, defensively. I'm, I don't see it, but I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be a pretty good offensive team, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. they're putting a lot on Patrick Williams. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like Lonzo, Lonzo Caruso, and Patrick Williams. Right, like those three guys. Like they're going to have to have at least one on the court at all times. It's funny to go the, on the defensive end. You got to have one of these three guys right. have to be out there. But, he, but even Lonzo, like, every Lonzo's not great the on the ball, right? Like, he's, he's a right. smart team defender, but he's yeah. not that good on, or at least but he was in New Orleans. I think he can hold up, right? Yeah. In spot right. minutes at the point of the attack, he can hold yeah. up. I actually think, I bet they wind up playing a bunch of zone. But let me ask you this question. This, you the question to me isn't, do they make a panic trade? Do they, if they're not where they want to be, do they make a move and fire Billy Donovan? Like, is that something I'm, I'm asking? I don't know. Like, I'm asking you guys. Is that this something is a, that might be more realistic? From no. Jack Hill, Billy Donovan on the hot seat. Like, ah, fire! Fire! Day, fire! Mailbag I think, like, if, it, if it's a complete disaster this season, I think you may start hearing the idea of that next summer. But I I don't, like, I think they're pretty in on Billy Donovan. Like, I, this I, is I, their I don't guy. They, yeah, I, I don't think guy. that they're using using him as a scapegoat yet. Yeah. Now, if it's bad for a couple of seasons, they can't get on track, then yeah, then I think you that's just the natural progression of that. Right. And a lot yeah. depends on what happens with, Levi- with Zach, right? I mean, if yeah, Zach absolutely. says... Free agent after this year, right? Yeah, if he says, I can't deal with this guy anymore, he'll be gone. That's how, or- that's how it works. <laughs> that, there you go. That's that's the most important thing to remember at all times. Will we get a Levine um, Simmons trait? Ooh. Oh, 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 well, I, th- I think Daryl Morey would like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think Daryl Morey's in. Yeah. I don't think that would be so, that would actually be really, would like that. Very <laughs> that would honestly be pretty cool, actually, for both. I mean, for both teams, except that Levine is such a fun player. But I don't know. That's interesting. I, I don't yeah. hate that. No, no I don't um, hate it. I mean, yeah. I personally. Don't. Oh, it don't ain't happening, but I, yeah. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, see doing do it. you guys want a Raptors question or a, a top 75 list question? Top 75. All right. All right. Oh, come Whoa. on. Now everybody oh. in Toronto's going to go. All right. Yeah, let's, do Raptors. Raptors. let's do Raptors. Let's do all Raptors. All right. All right. Here we go. Ask Dave. Ask Dave. The Raptors are traditionally a really good regular season team. Are we sleeping on the Raptors? Who's we? Yeah, exactly. I've been high on them. I don't know. I'm all over these Raptors, (laughs) I'm asleep. Y'all have been in the top six. Don't wake me up. I'm on NyQuil. Whoever put that question in has not been listening to athletic podcasts. That's all I want to say. Just out of yourself. I don't have them in the top six, but they're in the playoffs. I think every single person is like, you know, pretty interesting there. You know, the Siakam stuff is him being out. Yeah. That's that's what it I'm hurts. worried about. That's but what changes a lot, man. And I yeah. think that Raptor yeah. fans believe just like me. There's a there's a few that's going to be like delusional, like Knicks fans, you know, to the point. <laughs> not not this year's Knicks, not the past two years Knicks, but the right. old, the Knicks of old, right? Yeah. Right. To a point of like riding the high of how good the Raptors have been. Now, do I say that they're going to be stuck in the mud for the rest of the next three years? No, absolutely not. But with Siakam being out, 
that's going to be effective moving forward for this particular season. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. why I'm sleep, NyQuil and all. Yeah. Wow, I think, look, yeah. there's room for OG to grow, obviously. And I think that there there's a scenario where maybe he helps fill in some of their, uh, like Scotty Barnes, I think. Scotty he's Barnes, he's a rookie of the year. But a rookie, right, exactly. So there, there's a lot there. They, they're small. Like they don't really, they don't have a good big. I mean, right, but they're is, long, is fine. But they're they, long. Yeah, yeah they're, they're long, short. Yeah. Another long. team that we know is going to play a bunch of zone. Um, they're going to be fun to watch because I think we're going to get to see one of the more creative coaches in the league who has this unique resume where he's yeah. coached all over the place in every different style that you can imagine with different size guys, even like even just think about the team that he had that they won a title with. Yeah, um, we're going to get to see him create some some basketball art to a certain degree because he's going to have to find a way to try to win games. And if, he's if got talented if yeah, any, yeah, well, that, that, that's it's not going to be hard if they're if they're not healthy. Yeah, I, sure. I am. Well, just being back in Toronto is huge for them, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I mean, fascinated I, by by them running some flex offense this year, which is it's Gary Williams' old offense well, at Maryland, and I don't think oh, anybody Nick remember. Sweat you know? through that jacket, he's got to sweat through <laughs> something fierce. Man. That'll be interesting. Flex I'll, works, I'll man. Every high school coach in the country knows. Flex works. <laughs> no, Brad, uh, Stevens, I, I, Brad Stevens exactly. brought Flex back for his inbound packages, and everyone acted like he was a coaching genius. And it was like, well, that's the same shit. That I don't, I, I'm not going to base what's going to work in the NBA. Base. Well, all high school coaches think this. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying like Flex works, right? But you got to put it together on the court. Uh, I, I, do think, I do think that they've got a chance. Like the six seed probably isn't. Totally out of the question. If the, if everything goes right, like, yeah. and everybody's healthy, Siakam's back fast. Because yeah. I think you're going to defend really well. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, they're long. They're yeah, they're long. long. They're everywhere, you know? Yeah, my, just, concern, my concern with the defense, Mo, is will they finish possessions by rebounding, right? Because they're small. Yes. Like, that's, that's, like, I think they're going to defend Fair. their asses off, but Fair. can yeah. they end the possession by grabbing the ball? That's their biggest issue is their, their their size. But besides that, everything's interchangeable. And the way we know the league is now, the league trends smaller also. So now it's all about being able to switch everything and all of that. And and depending on how far advanced Scotty Barnes is and how quickly he kind of picks up the NBA game during the regular season, that can really help out. Pascal Siakam, we all know the injury stuff and things like that. But I just, I honestly believe being back in Toronto is, is going to boost them by at least 10 wins. Yeah. Just just yep. on the pure fact of how quickly they had to move to Tampa last season. Right. It wasn't like they had a whole summer to plan moving to Tampa or whatever. Right. Like it literally was like, hey, we're starting on December. Yeah. yeah it, no, it, it was even shorter than that. It was like yeah. the season starting December 22nd. Oh, by the way, Toronto. Yeah, you're in Tampa. And <laughs> like now, like yeah. the flights are booked. You guys are late. And it's. And it just caused so many it. issues. And then COVID hit them. The Kyle mm -hmm. Lowry drama last year kind of just hanging over them. It was almost like a will they or won't they kind of situation all year. And then yeah. all that. Siakam I think it wasn't just, very good. Like, you know, they just yeah, they had a everything. Lot of, this is going to be a fun year for them. Like kind of yeah. let your hair down and figure yeah. things out and yeah. kind of yeah. grow game by game. What's yeah. their ceiling? What's their ceiling? Like everything goes totally yeah, right I mean, for them. Six. Like playing five. Uh, no, no I, I think I mean, five playing. Hold on, hold on. That means like we've got Milwaukee, we've got Brooklyn, we've got Miami, we've got Atlanta, we've got Philly, Boston, we've got the Knicks, we got Philly, we got Chicago. Like oh. six, play in. five or six is I think aggressive, but I think yeah. play in with home court advantage in the play in, mm -hmm. and they and they move on as like a seven or eight seed. I yeah. think that's like that. That's yeah, a, not, if yeah. they hit that, that's and, a great season. And their yeah. defense for the playoffs 
is really interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that they can win a first-round series or anything, but I think that they could be annoying as hell. Like, mm-hmm. it, oh, yeah, they're it's compete. like um, a oh. lesser version Look. of what I think the Heat will be. Right. right. And, and, it, and, it, and as you know, the best thing you can do going into the playoffs be the team that nobody wants to play. That's the <laughs> best thing you can do. You get that. You get that moniker. Oh my God, you're you're flying high. All right, guys, two more Ask Dave questions before we wrap up. And um, I'm going to defer to our own legend here first ha. on the legend question, Zach Harper. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm afraid what, what? I'm afraid I'm going to make D.A. mad with my answer. So I want D.A. <laughs> to talk first before he lights mad. me up. No, what no. legend from the NBA at 50 list does not make it to the top 75 list? Now, I. I said the other day on my friend Ben Taylor's podcast that anybody that played before 1980 is suspect. Wow. Throw them off the list, except for the notable Moses Malone, Will Chamberlain, wow. Jerry West, Bill Russell. I, I just I haven't seen enough to have an educated opinion on any of those guys, much less uh, some of the lesser guys. But I mean, like, is Robert Parrish? He was on the top 50 list, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you th- is that a guy that Yo, that he should when be you're lock? Robert Parrish should be a lock <laughs> for the top Jeep seventy-five was, man. Was solid, man. She yeah. was a monster. So where's the line here? Is is I think what I'm looking. Well, for. you can you start now. The 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 premise is wrong. You don't start with the first with the fifty from twenty-five years ago and say who should come off. You start from zero. Yep. Yeah. And you say who were the best seventy-five players in the league in the last seventy-five years? Yeah. I don't know how else you do it. Like I think they should just add it? twenty-five from the last twenty-five years. Just keep that list running. <laughs> Yeah, no, you could do that. No, I just, we, got, we got some bums on that top 50. <laughs> <laughs> so who's coming off, Zach? Come on, who's coming off? You got to have one. I got a big one who's yeah, my one. doesn't make mine. Uh, all right, this is, I'm sorry, Boston. You're not going to like this. But I did just say the Chiefs should be a lock. This man was 10 and 17 before Bill oh, no. Russell joined the oh, Celtics. This, yeah. this man shot 37%. 10, I'm sorry, 10 and 17 in the playoffs. Here's he shot 37% for his career. But in the playoffs, <laughs> it went down to 35%. I'm not. I think every accolade that Bob Cousy has should be in Ooh. Bill Russell's trophy case. Wow. Every single one. Wow. This man didn't win at all at the NBA level until Bill Russell got there. We need to oh, put even more respect, so even more true. respect on Bill Russell's name. <laughs> that's not, that's <laughs> 10 just, and 17 DA no, in the playoffs. No, 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 no. He didn't win. Get him out of here. Oh, goodness gracious. Get him out <laughs> of here. All right. DA, what did Bob Cousy do before Bill Russell no, lost? That's he what did he what did. everybody else did before Bill Russell got there. <laughs> Oh my God. It's just him. Like, he, like if they had, had somebody better than Koozie, they would have won the title. Like, no. No. Was Koozie calling Bill Russell from the parking lot after the <laughs> test? Yes. I mean, that's uh, and, it was a and by the way, he called that's him, yeah. why Bill Russell's the greatest winner in the history of ba- in the history of sports, much less uh, basketball, because mm. nobody did anything until Bill Russell got there. So. Look, they didn't win the title, but it's not like they won like eight games before he got there. I mean, he look, was, they he were was in the conference. George. He they was were Paul in the playoffs, playoffs every yeah. year before he got there. They just didn't win the championship. It's not like they sucked. They were Get him out of here. How do you feel about Jerry West? 46 and 25. They were 42 and 30. They were 39 and 27. They didn't suck. Okay. Like you yeah. swap just Jerry West and Bob Cousy, and you got entirely. Oh my gosh. Resumes. Yeah. So while I, I, I have no problem if there's other guys, I wouldn't be. That's not where I'd start with Bob Cousy. <laughs> I know. I'm alone. I'm just, Can I go next? Here's the issue, DA. It's just me and Amin Al Hassan on this hill, and that's it. Like, it's just the two of us. <laughs> 
Yeah, Can plus I go he next? was a, plus he was an innovator for his There's nobody to play like Bob Cousy in the early fifties. He like invented passing, basically. <laughs> like, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big thing. <laughs> when when did when did dribbling with your left hand come to the NBA? Because it wasn't him. when Bob Cousy was, was after no. him. Yeah, it was, I mean, which, that was you know. Earl the Pearl Monroe. Yeah, well, Lenny, you know, Lenny he used to always say Lenny Wilkins could only go left, and he yeah went left all the time, and nobody could stop him. Right. So, right. um. But yeah, I mean, I look. I know he didn't shoot it great, but not many people shot it great back then. And yeah. no, I wouldn't. I would. It wouldn't be Kuzi for me. There's a. There's other guys that you can make. I. I think you can make an argument for or against, but it wouldn't be. No. I mean, it's also man. It's such a different sport, right? Like it that's my biggest thing different. about like any of the historical stuff. Not only did I not see it. Uh, footage is hard to get. This is why the guys who are really good at and it. They, they just put, put the Wilton work in. 4K, man. I think we're good. Like, that was awesome. incredible, by that the way. That was great, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, doesn't, he, like, doesn't it remind you of watching Giannis? Now that you can see, like, you can actually see the way that he No, nah, he was making his... jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> the little one, hey, that little one-handed uh, glass, man. bank. Oh, man, oh, that little gosh, turnaround. It was, that was actually legitimately awesome. Some of the stuff they're doing with that footage. They spent a lot of money. Ballers like spent a lot of money with CGI. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was great. Um, There's a lot of filters on that. Yeah. Well, now Marcus Beastly. Thompson just showed Marcus up. Marcus is here. What's up, man? Uh oh, can he hear us? He yeah. can't hear us. This is good. The last five minutes of the show, he's gonna. Go. I love it. Technology. He's like, oh, let me. I got it. I'm on the show setting up my AirPods. Is that what's happening now, Marcus? Trey, <laughs> Trey, Trey, who are you taking off the top seventy-five? Bill Sharman's out of there. Whoa! Bill Sharman's out of there. Wow. He's out of there. Come on. Um, honestly, if I had to, I, I was going to keep the OGs because the OGs obviously oh, go. laid the foundation. And if I'm going to keep them, Clyde Drexler's out. Whoa. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Clyde Drexler. Okay. I don't hate this. Wow. I've pissed Portland off too many times talking about Clyde Drexler. I, I just hated him as a kid. I don't know <laughs> anything about Clyde Drexler as a player. I was a Michael Jordan fan. So Clyde <laughs> Drexler was awful. They were always trying Clyde. to compare him. I got a chance to watch Clyde. And, it was and you're going to drop Clyde. Was, I think Clyde. He was gliding this shit. It was cool. I think Clyde was actually pretty good. <laughs> I think he was gliding. pretty good. Clyde was no, pretty good. Not, not top, Clyde he had no left, but I think he was pretty good. Top Clyde 50. was pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm cool on top 50. I respect it, though. I'd rather have Neek in there before Clyde. Okay, Ooh. that's that's fair. Ooh, that's I don't fair. hate that. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Like, I mean, I, I do think that. He got Neek from, jacket. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. guys do you guys think about like when, when you're thinking about these lists like historically? Do you think about how do I tell the story of the league? Like, is that the seventy these seventy five guys? You can't talk about the last seventy three years of the NBA or seventy five if you count the you know that merger or whatever. It, it yeah, a little bit. Yeah, which well, you know that's fine. Just <laughs> do it again in two yeah. years. Uh, but do you guys think okay if I'm telling the story of the league? These are the guys I have to hit. Or do you really think about it like, okay, well, this is just, just like this guy's stats were great. And, you know, because I'm with you. Like, I think that if you're telling the story of the NBA and you're choosing between Dominique Wilkins and Clyde Drexler, Dominique Wilkins is actually a more important guy to mention. Am I wrong here? Maybe no, it's just more important to me because no, I used to it's watch. Not, it's a, it it is one way yeah. to do it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because you could make the argument i would not but i can understand someone making the argument if we're looking at archetypes right um you would say that jordan was the archetype two guard and clyde drexler while a great two guard in his own right was not as good as michael jordan right and so mm -hmm. but there's very few people that actually compare to the way dominique played so dominique has to kind of be in a in a different category but he has to be one of the 75 the, the, you can make that argument 
the problem is comparing guys who play completely different positions. You yeah, know what I mean? like that makes it difficult. No, no. Well, you the, take the Bob is, or do you take Dominic? Marcus is here. The the problem is you'd have to include. So you know what it's like, Zach. You know what I mean. It's like those lists of oh, greatest boy. rappers, and then Curtis Blow is like top five, right? And it's like <laughs> you're only putting them there because he started it, right? He was right. early. He was one of the early <laughs> pioneers, right. right? It's like yeah. he can't. So like, Curt- yeah, Curtis you, Blow is there, so, but Karis one is not, right? Like that's, absolutely that's, right. That's like, like, well, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Hold up, Marcus. How come you said Zach would understand, like the rest of us would? No, but well, <laughs> most of the listen to Eminem. That, that's exactly what I'm thinking in there, but, but that's I'm gonna me. go with Zach always bringing these hip hop questions on point. But yeah, I didn't think the rest of y'all would acknowledge. Uh, <laughs> like if you start giving points for for the origin story, man, it's gonna be tough. You forgetting about so many people. You're forgetting yeah. about so many people. Like Connie Hawkins was. <laughs> Was the predecessor for all of this? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. like. Yeah. So, do you just do you give him the Curtis Blow top ten now? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of that stuff. People sleep. People don't even know about Sam Jones, man. Mm-hmm. Sam Jones was clutch before we knew the term clutch. Like, right. like right. Bill Russell was like, "Yo, get the ball to Sam Jones." <laughs> yeah, you right? want Kuzi right. having it? Let me tell right. you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can we find that so, in the Dynasties book? That's, that's <laughs> the best part. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What's that, that in book? the Dynasties book? There's there there is some definite there's some definite koozie talk in the Dynasties book. No okay. no question. Zach, you gonna be you gonna you gonna have a problem? What? With, you have a problem with the amount of? Oh, I'll buy the book, don't, but I'm not gonna read it now. You can't oh, hate man. on you can't hate on Holy Cross's own man. He was man, uh, hey, was he Boston? You know, here's a gangster tidbit from Dynasties. Red Auerbach passed on Bob Cousy in the yes, draft. He sure did. Like, yo, he, he was a savage. Everybody mm-hmm. thought, like, here comes Cousy. Here comes our local hero. And Red was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'm so. Go another way. Yeah. Maybe I'll trade for him. Red, Red was a savage and then traded for him later. Uh, yeah. You guys want to do this last question? Sure. It's, a, it's an expansion it question. All right. Um, right. Basically asking, how does Seattle get a team back? Do you guys think it's going to be relocation or expansion? And then you guys have a timeline. Now, a couple sorry, years ago. I'm sorry. They have a team. What? The, in the, the NBA? Store, baby. Oh. Oh, my bad. There you go. Oh, there you go. My go bad. Right we ain't about disrespect for Adam Stewart. You know what I'm uh, saying? No, we, 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 no, we in the building. It, it's got to be also, expansion, right? Fairness. Yeah, it's got to oh, be expansion. Yeah, expansion. Yeah. It will be expansion. The league yeah. can yeah. add two teams easily. You don't have to yeah. add two. You can just add could. You don't. You're right. You don't. Um they will add, it'll be expansion and it'll be after the TV contract. I think. Yeah. And the last the so the last CBA actually had language to allow them to to move forward with this, right? Like yeah, this yeah. is a thing. They it's going to create more jobs. They and, can do and, it. Yeah, they it's going I think it's going to be a great thing for the league and I hope it is accompanied by some sort of balancing of the schedule. Well, yeah, DA, yes. I wonder all right, so Seattle's Seattle's going to be the team that gets expansion, right? Yeah. I, I think number you use one, them as yeah, I don't use them as relocation. Uh, Who's the second team? Where's well, the other team? That's, Kansas that's City. Oakland, California, baby. Oh, Kansas City. Town biz. Oh, I mean, I think <laughs> I have been told I've been told there's so much there's so many billionaires in Las Vegas that want a team there that they're just going to be very hard for the league not to put a team there. Yeah. And so I mean, that doesn't mean that that's going to happen, but um, you know, there's some t- you know, Vancouver's got its you know people 
uh, its arguments. Mexico City has some people. Kansas City you does imagine have some folks. Yeah. Doing media in Mexico City for the athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Put in your request now, Trey. Is, All Star game is going to be crazy. Now I want to be a GM for the team. Put me on. Yeah. <laughs> Quick play. I'm leading yeah. the media side. And, I'm leading the GM. I think it's, Trey a, it's out on us in a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think player and personnel director. Yeah. Da, you think Vegas winds up? maybe being ahead of everyone else just because the facilities are ready. Like they have yeah. an arena, they've got everything they've and, got and e the blueprint they've got. And, and, you know, the, the Knights have done very well there. Um, they really did a good job with that, with the rollout. Um, uh, you know, John Gruden aside, the Raiders seem to have found a home there and be doing okay. So one thing about Vegas, there's, there's more than enough money corporately for everybody to right. eat. You know what I mean? So it's not like, Oh, we've got two proteins. We can't, we can't use a third. Now they can use a third. They can use a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh if they want it. Um, I think the only way, though, DA, is if whoever comes is willing to pay all the money. Like Las Vegas is already to that point where, like, yo, they tapping their pockets. Like, yeah, yo, yeah. like they took you took our last seven fifty. Uh, <laughs> so, right. whoever comes got to break bread. Yeah, but own. I think that'll there'll be people. There's people that didn't get in on the Raiders and get in on the on the Knights that mm -hmm. still are there. So I I think Vegas would be a solid second, but not a guaranteed second. I put it that way. Also, they have the facilities. They're building a new arena. I mean, that, they're, that's, like, they're, they're not doing that. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, getting yeah, a nah. new arena if they get a team, yeah. 100%. Especially after the Raiders did theirs, right? They right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it right. might be on top of the Raiders. We may yep. have like a pyramid <laughs> situation right. like the Luxor, but it's going right. to get a new arena in Vegas if that's but what happens. But Seattle is, Seattle's number one. They yeah. are locked in. Everybody, I've talked to owners who have said, if we expand, Seattle's getting the first crack at it. So why not relocation? <sighs> I mean, it's just like, what are the options? New Orleans. A lot of... A lot of this is like arena deals yeah. that are in place and it's just the timeline. I mean, and, and DA, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you're more plugged in on this than I am. But the timeline, because I do think if they're going to ex expand, they're going to want to do it pretty close to that TV deal. Like yeah. They're going to want to uh, almost announce it along with it and roll it all out. The arena deals for teams that might be subject to move. Like Memphis has a funky one where it's yeah. hard for them to, to do anything. It's hard, yeah. And Not New Orleans, I don't know what's happening there, but yeah. you know, stuff changed for them over the last couple of years too. Correct, correct. So I don't think, you know, my guess is, and, and again, the league has very been very adamant about this. Going back to Stern and, and Adam's been the same. They do not want to leave New Orleans. They just do not want to leave that market. So it, I'm never, I'll never say never, but they really would have to be convinced, I think, to yeah. leave New Orleans. It'd have to be pretty, uh, pretty severe. Speaking of locked in, you should be locked in on the Athletic NBA Show podcast every oh, day of the we're week. All here now, featuring the daily ding that you get every single morning recap from the night before. You're going to get basket buds on Monday, tampering on Tuesday, hoops adjacent on Wednesday, point of contention on Thursday, nurse she wrote on Friday. It is the best coverage of basketball and sports on the internet by subscribing to the Athletic. So make sure you get that because you get people like marcus thompson you get the hall of famer david aldridge you know you get power rankings which everyone seems to love universally and that's all the time we don't have time to address the comments in the power <laughs> rankings this week so we're gonna go thank you for checking us out thank you for subscribing to the athletic and make sure you're supporting us all season long peace
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.